from high atop 1926 Hollywood Boulevard. You're listening to SoFlowRadio.com. I guess Barry sent you here, what, two years ago? It has been two years, hasn't it, Harlan? Why? To get you involved. It really does work on just about anybody. Anybody who watches it, Max. But why would anybody watch it? Why did you watch it, Max? Business reasons. Sure. What about the other reasons? Why deny you get your kicks out of watching torture and murder? North America's getting soft, Patron. And the rest of the world is getting tough. Very, very tough. We're entering savage new times. And we're going to have to be pure and direct and strong if we're going to survive them. Now you and this uh, cesspool you call a television station and uh, your people who wallow around in it and uh, your viewers who watch you do it you're rotting us away from the inside we intend to stop that rot Everybody, welcome to Groove Time. I'm Tony C, and as always, I'm joined live in the studio by the master of production engineering, the man who makes our groove satiny smooth, Los Georgia. Hello there. Hello there. Background right now, brand new little ditty from my man Gene Pritzker and Sound Liberation from the brand new CD, Rites of Passage. I think it's on the uh, Composer's Concordance label. You absolutely want to get that. This is some great stuff. It's you know what it is? It's original. Okay, you don't get that a lot these days. You really, really don't. Like the uh, opening from Video Drum there. <laughs> that little ditty. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I'm guessing Roger Ailes was a big uh, Cronenberg fan, and that's how we wound up with uh, Fox News. More on that later. Of course, every Groovathon centered around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world, y'all. How you doing, Palo Mine? How was your turkey day? I'm doing great. Everything. Did yeah, we had a, a little bit of a, a, a three week. Uh, we did. We had there. a we had an extra an thing. extra week off. It's I I promise it's worth it. Did you? Uh, I, I remember. I think it was last year. You did the pie buffet. You were all pie buffet guys. Oh, it was it was uh, horrible. No, it was very manageable. Oh, you this just... year I didn't do the. Uh, the I mean, I I did have a, an assortment of pie, <laughs> but it wasn't the pie. No orgy, pie, no pie orgy that it was last year. Yeah, I didn't do the uh, the family thing this year mostly because I was just up, you know, a month ago for the uh, for my cousin's kids, uh, you know, Jack's wedding. So the entire family was already there. So they were basically like, "Yeah, we're not going to do the family thing this year. Stay in Florida." I went, "All right." I did, however. I engage in a uh, a New York City tradition, which is going out the night before with your friends. You know that's a big thing in New York City. So I went up to Sanford and uh, hung out with my man Johnny Vegas. We uh, 
We basically painted Sanford about as red as that, you know, little town could be painted anymore. You know, at one point I was actually watching football and I thought about you because I, I was trying to think, well, what does George do when he's not eating? Because I watch football like everybody else does. I can't recall a Thanksgiving day where I didn't watch football. Okay. And you're not you're not doing that. No, and uh, and and thank God, and I do mean this most sincerely, Yahweh. Um, the the extended family, the family friends who uh, we have absorbed each other into each other's family. They, it's not a football really ho- house either. I, I literally, I I just you know I can't recall a Thanksgiving where fo- watching football wasn't involved. I, I literally, I can actually recall various Thanksgivings based on. A certain football game that took place, you know, a, a Lions game or a Cowboys game. Now well, they have three games. It used to just be the Lions and Cowboys played. Now my, they have a night game. Because, our, you know, our, our host, my host, my good friend, uh, Matt from Power Smoothie, one of our fine sponsors, ah, yeah. by the way, uh, in his media room, all right, he has a high-definition projector, so his entire wall, which is about that size of the media room, is an HD screen, and we watch all manner of geekery because that's what we are. <laughs> Is we're sci-fi geeks. Well, so. as you stated, we are back after a bit of an extended break. You know, we took that extra week off. As you know, look, look at it from this point of view. You know who's not doing any shows right now? John Oliver. Oh yeah, okay, Samantha B. All right, Bill Maher. They're all not doing any of their shows. At least we're still doing shows. All right. So, of course, you know what that means, right? That means that after the New Year's, you can expect to hear all the stuff we're talking about here on their shows. Right. They take notes. You know that. God bless. So that means, of course, that there is lots and lots of stuff to get to today, including Joe Morgan launches a hypocrisy homer over the center field fence at Doubleday Field in Cooperstown. (laughs) You said homer. Homer. The president gets tweet slapped by Thor. Kansas looks to Chris Kobach to ensure its top ranking as least likely state to get its head out of its ass and then asks the rest of America to bend over and take it like a man. Uh, what else we got here? Ah, Nick Mulvaney gets the green light to begin a hostile takeover of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Mega Media plans to get even more mega and then tries to kibosh net neutrality in favor of an internet case system. Plus, Senate Republicans turn into college freshmen by treating tax legislation like it's an essay due for a pass-fail class the next morning. The gropioid epidemic spawns a rash of eerily identical mea culpas, and I'm going to make a case for Marion Barry being the beta version of Trump. Of course, all of that is going to be like that. Of course, all of that is going to be served up with a heaping platter of stuffed, glazed, cooked, carved, and plated morsels of the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. It is just past two o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah. Hollywood. Florida. That means just past 8 a.m. in the 808. Aloha to the Kau crew. Just past one in the afternoon in Belize and Cozumel. Shout out to my gal Joanna out there. Just past seven at night. Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne, the rest of Western Europe. And just past 10 o'clock in Istanbul, Turkey, where my gal RCG has returned to once again carry the flag for our Eastern Bloc operations. Yo, Gramps, you ready to uh, click that mouse and then take a 20-minute uh, break? I'm ready, uh, Mitchy. Yeah, hey, prep time is well spent time. Saddle up and stick around. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
Cause if you ask me, shit got cold. All I see you sugar fools getting used for their gold chains and slang cats banging just for something to flow. Keep your hoes, homie, had it before. Pappy had me dreaming over color caddies and chrome. Funny thing is back then, yeah, the kid was just broke. Cause that was when I ain't had me at home. Still don't, still flow for the love of this shit. And don't come in like a deer fucker. Trust him, ask the chromes, only cronies can hope. Cause I know how, but I don't bust him. So you should bust it. Three fourths of my life was spent fighting. Now I take things easy and slow. But y'all comedians are cutting it close. Already said I ain't busted a chrome, but never said I ain't come up the throat. Yeah. Who got next? He got next. He got fresh. Come on. Who got next? He got next. He got fresh. Come on. Next, without the pants, who you asking to see? A lot of cats probably laughing at scene. Same cats give me taps in the street, but can't smash any queen. Cause she spoils just by smashing with me. Come on, I'm way beyond all that past ghost shit. Nowadays, shit, I pass ghost scripts to the readers, and they all heated like moves off Mars. A lot of crews finna lose their jobs, no matter who they are. This ain't personal, it's business, y'all. Yeah, take a couple business calls. Can't chat, I'm on a business call. Y'all know when opportunity calls, I'm on a move with no shoes or drawers. Jump ships like a loony frog. And these dudes need bras for support just to soothe their sores. Or remember, don't know who they are. It's attack of the clones, but so focused that I'm back in my zone. Straight down to the packaging, yo. You think it's all the suckers acting like dope. Don't mean that it's so. No units getting moved so they broke. Who got next? Why you asking me? I don't read the future, I be the future. Green, sweet licks that I put over beats. Only reach halfway before they ride on my teeth. So even if they knock on the beast, they can't knock, knock on the beast. Without stopping to see, he's the popular chief. Underground like I'm riding the teeth. Unfound brown giving you heat. Take your coats off, it's only right that I show off. If you leave now, pal, that's your loss. I'm up though. In the plains raining down and you cut ropes. Wait, James Brown and them butts, yo. Surrounded by nuts, though. Who sold green trees and tuck blow. Season anything that they touch. Yo, look, I can't be counting on luck. No, I'm bound to the clutch. I'm pushing down on them bucks. Uh. Who got next? He got next. He got fresh. Come on. Who got next? He got next. He got fresh. Come on. Who got next? He got next.
to the game today. Well, Al Sharpton, the regular manager of the baseball team is sick today, and the owner wants you to fill in. And it's important that you become familiar with all the players' names, especially since some of them are a little strange. Oh, I'm done. That's right, I'm down at six, so you'll be taking his place. Say what? Say what's over in right field. So who's on first? No, Jews on first. Says who? The owner, Whitey. Whitey's on the team? That's right. With Jews on first, the man on second, Mr. Chavez shortstop, and it's a conspiracy at third. Now, wait a minute. Who's at shortstop? Mr. Chavez. But now, isn't that a conspiracy? No, a conspiracy's at third. So then who's at first? No, Jews on first. Preach on. Preach on is pitching. Say what, my brother? Say what's right field. My brother is catching. So, now, my brother's catching right on. So where's the conspiracy? Preach on. No, right on is in left field. A conspiracy's at third, and my brother is catching. Preach on. Preach on. That's right, preach on. Amen. Is playing center field. Say what? In right field. Says who? Whitey. Preach on. Preach on is pitching to my brother. So, uh, Jews on first. I'm down. I thought you said he was old manager. No, I'm just saying I'm down. I'm down what? Is that first? No, Jews on first. So, Jews on first. 
The man is at second, Mr. Charlie is a shortstop, and then it's a conspiracy. Amen, my brother. Center field and catch. Say what? Amen and right on. Now that takes care of the outfield. Right on and amen. So where is the conspiracy? Between my brother and the man. According to who? Whitey and Jews. See, this is all the work of whiteys and Jews. Now, I understand whiteys, but why the Jews? Because Jews is also captain. Over my brother? Right on. And amen and preach on, my brother. This is more confusing than the Tawada Brawler tribe. Well, I'm sonically, high bionically. For you dummies, ironically stupid. What are you, Cupid? This is my rhymes, and then you loop it. Wrong. Back this way. Follow me now. Head this way and do this. While I rap on through this. For many germs who never knew this. Switches. Upside down. Turn around. Look in the mirror. You rap catchers making an error. I'm back to the dugout You on the field I'm ready to bug out Like a manager Smacking up your team Male or female Ducks who dream Of taking me On the mic And making me rack up MCs I stack up 40 percent rappers Need back up Quickly I'ma rip your brain off Throw it down So the blood can drain off My hands While I wave to a fan I'm cool Keith Not a Bill or Dan But a general Equal to a mineral Pushing a crowd To keep on dancing I'm housing things I'm never screaming loud with any curses Roughly, got a child to learn I teach kids and ducks I burn With a flamethrower And how do you show up? A grass rapper cutting with a lawnmower twice Into golden wheat Grind the rest into molding meat And cook them Till they're all well done They're not ready They don't smell done like this It ain't my favorite dish I grab a steak and a batter of wish A Coke MC, a Pepsi I sip up Drop your face and bring the other lip up Watch while it's starting to amaze you Kick out links that truly amaze you I'm your boss, the one that pays you Nine to five, all ducks are hired And when I come, MC's are fired No pay, no way today You're unemployed with nothing to say But I can say one thing for sure I'm housing things Your girl soaking, she wanted me first Before you was thought about Back in the days, when I taught about science The real construction Nor the solo team or production Did that, or got with that I play brain boy using the back of your skull Smack it out the park I rhyme bright and you're in the dark With shadows, hallucinating battles To compel the capital K as in cool Combine the keef Rap metal is terminal chief And joy, squashing the beef on time and my mic will stay on For any road to germ who wanna prey on a weakness But my uniqueness has a way to show that I'm slicker Creating rounds you have to be quicker and versatile On the microphone I'm cool, keep cold, house and bang And I like to say what's up to my man Father Nation And also my brother Kevin Kev Said J, Mo Love, TR And my man I got Paul C Jungle Brothers, peace, I'm out of here.
I think I'm in love, although I'll tell you what I'm not in love with right now. What am I not in love with? My Com- fucking computer, computers, computers, which is like blue screening me now. It, it's all your fault. Yeah, I'm I know sure. it's all I my it's fault. All your fault. But if I can wait for this it's thing okay. to come up. Before that was, let me see, Breakestra, which is uh, some pretty cool stuff. Before that was Ultramagnetic MCs. I was pronouncing it wrong in my head the whole time. Why? What did you pronounce it as? Breakstra. Breakstra. No, yeah, it's Breakestra. Breakestra. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a live cut that they did. Um, before that, Ultramagnetic MCs, I couldn't help myself. Those guys from the Boogie Down Bronx, um, I love that stuff. That was uh, – I can't remember the name of the song now. I can't even remember it. It was a great thing though. Um, before that, I went through a whole bunch of um, – hey, you're going to have to tell me how to get rid of this thing. Close. Oh, hold on. If I close – all right, just close this? Sure. Okay. I did, but now I'm getting this circle. Uh, the document recovery. Okay, get rid of that. Okay, there we go. Hey, get it. Woo! Oh, that was close, baby. This is it. Yeah, it was Breakers for No Matter Where You Go. That's from uh, their album, From Dusk Till Dawn, the Ultramagnetic MCs. Cool Keith and the housing, uh, what is it? Cool Keith housing things uh, from Critical Breakdown in 88. For that, I went through a whole bunch of stuff from In Living Color, uh, the television show from back in the day. Yeah, I that watched is it. hilarious. The. Uh, you know, the uh, who's on first thing that they do. Before that, Irish Coffee. That is a band from Belgium. The song is called The Show, part one from 1971. For that, Us Three, Who Got Next, from Stop, Think, and Run, came out in 2009. Kicking it off, yeah, the great ones, Led Zeppelin, Good Times, Bad Times from Led Zeppelin 1. You know, I, I saw an article, and it was uh, the 30 bands that um, baby boomers like that actually suck, okay, and they put Led Zeppelin in there, and I was like, all right, it's no, I can't take this article seriously anymore. Right? Yeah. There were a bunch of them in there that I agree with. Fleetwood Mac was in there. Okay. I, I, I like it. And it depends. Older Fleetwood Mac, I like a lot of their stuff. I Sorry. Know. Sorry. I like nah, songs. Right. So I got the computer back up and running. I'm Okay, I'm, good. I was panicking there. It was the breathing, see? It was the breathing. You told me. Breathing. Yeah, I breathing. know. It's great. That's what, that's so what, what caught my eye recently? Well, right off the bat, there's a bunch of baseball stuff, okay? For one thing, I am prouder than usual. To be a Mets fan. You heard about this thing with uh, Donald Trump and Time Man of the Year? Yes. Okay. The tweet that he sent out was, Time Magazine called to say that I was probably, in all capitals, of Uh course, to be named Man of the Year like last year. But I would have to agree to an interview and major photo shoot. I said probably is no good and took a pass. Thanks anyway. So in response to that, Noah Syndergaard, who is a pitcher for the Mets, he's known as Thor, and this guy actually, I believe last year, he had more pitches of 100 miles per hour or greater than any other pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he said, he sent out a tweet that said, Sports Illustrated called and said, I was probably going to be Sportsman of the Year, but it was going to take a long photo shoot and interview. 
I'm not proud of my recent perm and have an interpretive dance class at the interview time, so I turned it down. No thanks, SI. So I thought that was a good response. There's a whole bunch of responses to that thing. Um, Marlins warned Stanton, accept a trade or you'll be only star on stripped-down team. Now, you know, Derek Jeter is part of the uh, group of people that bought the Miami Marlins, and I was talking about this several weeks ago before the sale went through. They paid $1.25 billion, mm-hmm. and Forbes had estimated the value at like $625 million. And Stanton... This guy, Giancarlo Sam, he just won the MVP award for the for the National League. And so they want to trade him away because his salary is so big. And Derek Jeter literally said, if you don't accept it, because he has a clause in his contract that said he has to approve any trade. That's part of his contract. That's a big thing now for star players. You can't trade him unless they approve what team he gets traded to. And they basically said, if you don't trade, if you don't accept a trade, okay, we're going, you know, we're rebuilding. This, the Marlins were always rebuilding, okay? But if you don't accept it, you're because of your salary. Mm-hmm. And because, obviously, I don't think that's it. I think it's because they spent all that money buying the team. So now they don't have any ducats in the bank account anymore. And they said, if you don't accept the trade, you're literally going to be surrounded by a bunch of scrubs. That's what they told Giancarlo Santos. So now he's right. trying to get traded. This... This is the one that really caught my eye, though. There was a headline that said, Will past controversial tweets impact Chipper Jones' Hall of Fame chances? Now, it was uh, basically he sent out – he's one of these guys that literally sent out a tweet, I swear to God, okay, that was like one of these truther things that said um, he thought that the uh, well, the uh, shooting in, uh, in uh, Connecticut – you know, where they killed all those kids. The guy walked in mm-hmm. and shot those kids. He was like, he, he hopped on the conspiracy truth or bandwagon on that. It didn't really happen. Oh, oh. oh I know. Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. But Gate. the God. real thing that's been going on now is uh, for years, basically the uh, baseball writers of America have wanted there, – there's a bunch of people and they get a ballot for the Hall of Fame. Who's going to become in the Hall of Fame? And the nice thing is is that – Unlike the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which feels the need every year to put at least five people in, the Baseball Writers Hall of Fame doesn't work like that. If you don't get at least 75% of the votes, you don't get in. So there are years. There was a year a couple of years ago where nobody got in. Nobody got 75% of the votes. And most years, it's usually only one or two or three. There are very few years where there's a lot of them. Okay, But the big thing here is that um, over the last several years, players that had played during the steroids era, okay, are are now they've been out of baseball long enough where they are eligible, and so Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame, even though he has more home runs than anybody else, because you know they don't want that. And so yeah. Joe Morgan sent a letter, okay. Joe Morgan is a he's in the Hall of Fame, great baseball player, was with the big red machine, the Cincinnati Reds in the seventies. Okay. And it this letter he sent it out to all of the uh the voters. And it said and this guy and basically what he was trying to say was, I don't think uh you shouldn't vote he, it was a big thing about don't vote for steroids. Don't vote for steroids players. So this guy, what's his name? I have it down here someplace. Jeff Passan from Yahoo Sports. Um, wrote that of the 1,069 propagandizing words sent to 
sent Tuesday to Baseball Hall of Fame voters, urging them to say no to steroids, none encapsulated the museum's winning combination of self-reverence and tone deafness quite as blatantly as the six in which it called itself the most sacred place on earth. Well, if by sacred place the hall means one in which racists, wife beaters, drunks, gamblers, and purveyors of manifold moral turpitude otherwise are celebrated, well, I guess Cooperstown really is a shining beacon of divinity set upon a hill of hypocrisy. <laughs> okay, he goes, it's worth knowing whether or not Morgan himself used amphetamines. Okay, amphetamines were huge, mm. huge in baseball. Okay. For years. Okay. Okay. Tons of baseball players have admitted taking mm-hmm. amphetamines. And, and Passan says, you know, it's, it's worth whether or not knowing that Morgan himself, whether or not Morgan himself used them and his opinion. His teammate Pete Rose did. The same Pete Rose who in his mid-30s allegedly had a sexual relationship with a girl under 16 years old and who was banned from baseball for life because he gambled on the sport and has in the past nonetheless received the full support of Joe Morgan for induction in the Hall of Fame. And here's the best line, though. Amphetamines inspire a fraction of the steroid consternation because their effects are blind to the eye. It's impossible to see the brain. It was easy to see Barry Bond's head. <laughs> okay? And I wrote down, we've always been a nation of hypocrites. So and that's going to be coming in later. Um, the high course, uh, high court betting case pits states against sports leagues. There's a case that's coming up. I'm not going to go into this. But basically, New Jersey is suing um, in order to allow sports betting. Yeah, okay. okay and right. the That's people that they're up against NPR, are either. all four of the major sports leagues. That's who's on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So let's see how that goes. Here's a couple of interesting things. I was telling you about that site I came across, across called uh, duffelbag.com. It's mm-hmm. like the onion, but for Army stuff. Okay. Here's two headlines. Pentagon claims no issues after F-35 float explodes at Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, here's another one. Another one I love because you know me. I've been on the F thirty five thing for years. Yes, now, since yes. We, since we started doing the show, I've been mm-hmm. on the F thirty five thing. Twelve Air Force analysts accuse F thirty five of assault on Pentagon budget. That's great. Okay. Um, let me see what else. Okay, here we go. Now, now we need to get into serious stuff. Our boy Chris Kobach from Kansas. Mm. He is back in the news because right now he's running for governor of Kansas, and he's he's in the lead far. In the lead, okay, and Sam, um, the the uh, the headline that caught my eye because of what's going on now in the government, you know, with the taxing and everything, which we'll be talking about later. Sam Brombach trolls America. The guy who wrecked Kansas is the GOP's role model, and that's basically what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the most, what is the most brazen political lie ever told? I submit that it is the big Kansas lie, Governor Sam Brownback. Sam Brownback spread across Capitol Hill on Wednesday, hours before every single Republican senator voted to rush a massive tax cut crafted in secrecy and without public input from experts to a full floor vote. Okay, Um, Here's what the chief executive of the Sunflower State said. Quote, what we did actually worked. Yeah, that's a lie. Yeah, yeah. If you actually look at what we did, it actually worked for our target. He said, mm, mm. our target wasn't revenue, it was growth, and it did that. The only plausible sanction which Brownback can claim is disastrous tax cut in Kansas worked is that they were passed and that the state's economy was all but destroyed, yet somehow he was reelected. 
That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. They're literally – the government right now is using the Kansas model. And if you look at the – been, I've been talking about this mm-hmm. for years too. I've been right. talking about the clusterfuck that is – they ruined it to the point where the legislature, which is in Republican control, literally said to him, we're going to have to uh, – we're going to have to raise taxes. We, we can't keep doing this. We need to get revenue again. Mm-hmm. And now he can't be governor anymore. They're, they're kicking him out. So who's, who's going to be governor next? That's how stupid Jayhawks are these days. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're voting in the guy, okay, who was Brownback's greatest disciple. And he's like way in the lead. Well, I, ha- I have a question for you. Sure. Are, are they bigots? I don't know. I, I'm assuming. Look, I don't know if they're bigots, but you are know they what they are? They're brain dead. There's a, there's a book and a movie that came out, I don't know, over 10 years ago, it, and it's called What's the Matter with Kansas? And basically, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a litany of facts and and details about how people in this state continuously, over and over, vote against their own self interest because they're so hyped up on things like you know, uh, bigotry again, against bigotry abortion. abortion, abortion, bigotry, abortion is like the big thing. They don't think that that's bigotry, but it is. Yeah. It's okay. Sexism. What else we got over here? <gasps> Trump taps Mulvaney to head CF, uh, CFPB, sparking confusion over agency's leadership. That doesn't matter. But what does matter is this. Mulvaney, who was the uh, – he was the guy running the budget. He was the guy in charge of the budget, which is going to be interesting, by the way. Side note, okay, now that this tax thing is done, like this week, they have to agree on a budget. Let's see how that works. Yeah, I know. I, I'm kind of sick to my stomach over the tax thing. We're going to be getting into that later. You're going to have all the time you need. Plenty of time to get sick? Yeah, I'll get a fresh bucket. Yeah, I'm going to bring you over one of those little bags they have in the airplane. I carry one with me everywhere uh, You're going to need two or three for this one. Mulvaney used to be in Congress, though. He was a congressman. And while he was in Congress, he basically uh, savagely attacked the Bureau, uh, the Consumer, uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is what it's called. Um, calling it in 2014, quote, a wonderful example of how a bureaucracy will function if it has no accountability to anybody. And he added that the CFPB had been a, quote, sick, sad joke. Now, I'm not sure what he, you know, why he thinks it's a joke, because in my opinion, okay, this was put in place as a result of the crash of 2008. And it's one of those agents, these are the guys that have been cat getting all these fines out of these huge financial institutions for basically breaking the law. In lieu of sending these fuckers to prison, yeah. we're getting money out of them. Because mm. when you're rich, you don't go to jail. You right. just pay a lot of money. Mm. That's well, how it works in America. Ostensibly, you pay yeah. a lot of money. but So he's looking to – so now in his ultimate wisdom, of course, this is what Trump does. He finds somebody to, to head an agency – that has a history of hating. of hating that agency. So, you know, it's perfect. And so we're going to see, you know, this is the agency that does stuff like has been going after payday loans, mm. those mm. kinds of yeah. things, you know, mm-hmm. at 100%, you know, VIG. The VIG on those things, like 75 yeah. cents on a dollar. It's ridiculous. You know, they're ripping off the people least in a position mm-hmm. to afford being ripped off. Correct. Okay. So... Here's a new one. Here's one for you. U.S. regulators vote to loosen media ownership rules. Now, this is important stuff because this is going to play into something that we're going to be talking about later. But what they want to do is eliminate the 
42-year-old ban on cross-ownership of a newspaper and a TV station in the same major market. Okay, it also voted um, to make it easier for media companies to buy additional TV stations in the same market. Now, the decision could also allow Sinclair Broadcast Group Incorporated, which is like one of the, what, two or three biggest Mm -hmm. at this Mm -hmm. point, okay, which is seeking approval for its proposed $3.9 billion acquisition of Tribune Media Company, which is a newspaper group, okay, and they want to, um, if they, what they want to do, if these new laws go through, okay, it's going to enable um, Sinclair to avoid some divestiture issues in order to gain control of Tribune. In other words, if they wanted to buy Tribune under the laws the way they are now, they wouldn't actually have to divest themselves of certain holdings because that would be against the law. Mm-hmm. But if this new law comes in, they won't have to do that. They get to keep that stuff, Okay. It will pave the way for massive broadcast conglomerates to increasingly provide local viewers with nationalized, cookie-cutter news and corporate propaganda that's produced elsewhere. But the National Association of Broadcasts said the rules were, quote, not only irrational in today's media environment, but they have also weakened the newspaper industry, cost journalism jobs, and forced local broadcast stations onto equal footing with our national pay TV and radio competitors. You know what that sounds like? You ready? You ready? Sounds like something you talked about. Sounds like the horse and buggy owners. Yeah, yeah, complaining. Complaining that the car that Henry Ford put them out of business. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Uh Okay, I love newspapers. I'm a big newspaper fan. But guess what? Sorry, pal. The, the, The news gathering mechanism of the newspaper, they're safe. Yeah. You know who's in danger? The tree killing. Right. Part of it. Yes. The, it, to make a newspaper, one must first kill a tree and then mill a tree, both of which are a petroleum-based industry. And, just, and, and jobs. Just the yeah. portion where you take the tree and turn it into a mulch, all right, into into dust, into sawdust. Then you have to chemically ferment it into giant vats, which is a giant other factory, right? right? The paper processing mill, which belches chemical steam into the air, into the uh, air constantly. And the the well, basically the the whole thing is, yeah. is that this is this. This is literally another fight between old and yeah. new. Yeah. This is a yeah. fight between our our parents' generation, okay, and people from – and then there's like the crossover. We're the crossover part of that, and right. then there's the millennials, okay? But 50 years from now, you think newspapers will still exist? I think they will, yes. but not in the same way they do now. And if you want to exist, you have got to adapt. Right. I'm sorry. I am not a conservative. I am not a liberal. I don't choose. I am not looking to conserve anything, and I'm not looking to liberate anything. I am a progressive. I seek to progress. And if that involves conserving something or if that involves liberating something, fine. But if you can't get around it, okay, you got to back the fuck off, all right? But being progressive merely means acknowledging reality because right. guess what? Reality Can't progresses. Nature progresses. The world progresses. All right? You. If you are not progressing along with the world, that means that you are regressing by relativity standards. There it is. And you're a trogla fucking dite. There it is. Keep up or get the fuck out of my way. Here's one that you're going to like, and I don't really have a lot to say about it, but I know NSA surveillance expansion bill moves to House for vote. This is the thing we need to be aware of is all the shit that's going on 
that we don't, we're not being told about or not paying attention to because of all the big kerfuffle stuff, because of all the, the sex stuff, because of all the, the bullshit stuff in this ta- you know, or I guarantee right now, this is the perfect time for some guy who has had an eye on some sort of secret operation in the CIA along the lines of, you know, Iran Contra to kind of get that one to, you know, to go through because nobody's watching a fucking store. Nobody's watching Mm-mm. the store. The short version of this is the NSA is looking to renew its Pfizer court uh, stuff, okay, which they have to do over and over. But now they want to expand the scope of who they can spy on. What they're doing is they're trying to say that anybody who's associated um, with somebody that they were looking into, they can now look at them as well. So they're going to be able to use six degrees of, you know, yeah, you know what conviction prior to to uh, uh, it's horrible to, time you know, travel. Going, yeah, basically what they're going to try and do is expand how many people they can spy on, and of course, what they really want to do is make it legal for them to spy on American citizens on everybody, which on they already are yeah. illegally, but then they don't care. Yeah, but now, yeah, right. Basically, what they want to do is they want to be able to say, "Oh, it's not illegal," even though right, they don't. It really is. It's care. a violation of the Fourth Amendment. It's so the gropioid epidemic rages on. Yes, I yeah. know. Um, some of the headlines. I'm losing a little bit of interest. Yeah, I know. I'm. I am too. You know, I am too. Possibly because I'm not the one being groped. Yeah, or maybe. And nor, and nor yeah. am I. You know, I'm not, you not asked, groping. You know, that... It's funny. You asked me on the last show. Did it make me? You know, has all this did... stuff made me kind of take a look back? Yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is, it really hasn't. Okay. You know why? I was raised right. All right. Well, I wasn't. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that. Okay. Okay. I'm not the nicest guy in the world. I'm really You're not. Not. I am not the nicest guy in the world, but I'll tell you something. Okay, he's sweet as sugar. That kind, that kind of shit. Yeah. Ask anybody who who's known me for a long time. You hit a woman, and I automatically start thinking about buying a gun. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah, for wow, him, that's pretty. Extreme, for whoever man. does that, what that's she, what I start thinking about. What if she's you really big though? Yeah, she's okay. a really big woman. Man. Trump like, campaign coordinator <laughs> and family values Republican pleads guilty to child sex trafficking and faces life imprisonment. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, there was a thing in Kentucky. Uh, Blevin is on the right side of this one. Uh, Kentucky GOP rejects governor's call for resignations. Okay. A bunch of guys uh, in the Kentucky legislature, like four of them, apparently had secretly paid off, you know, some women who had brought suit against them. And Blevin, this guy who we hate, mm-hmm. okay, has come out and said, these guys need to all resign immediately, and the GOP voted him down. They like once again. This is one of those things where what they do is what I was talking about with the guy from Florida. They're not going to make him resign. They're just not. He's not allowed to be the head of his commission anymore. But he's still allowed to, you know, be a politician. Sure, he's still, he's still got his job. We're still our tax dollars still paying for right. for his salary. That's mm-hmm. okay. <clears throat> That's mm-hmm. all right. He just can't go to these meetings. All right. Let's see you. Uh, let's see you. The final tally of hypocrites this week is we got Charlie Rose. Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I thought was interesting. Garrison Keeler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's one that's also, you probably know about this, a guy named James Levine. He is a conductor. Yeah, I, just, I heard that. On Big NPR. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker, seriously. Yeah. Okay. It has been, well, this is one of those things that has been a completely open secret in New York City mm-hmm. for years. He literally started dating the 15-year-old son of one of the major donors to the Met. Okay, and dated and like basically, you know, I say dated. That's not the right word. Okay, <laughs> abused. I pardon me. Yes, abused. I think that's Began rape, abusing. Rape. Okay, abusing this kid. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, because you don't date 15-year-olds. You abuse them. No, you don't. You don't date 15-year-olds you, unless you're another 15-year-old. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go up to the age of 17. At 17, you're still allowed to date a 15-year-old. After that, no. Oh, 16. Those two years, man, they, they do a lot to somebody, 15 to 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any event. So you want to no. know what all these guys have in common? They all sound like this. <laughs> oh, sorry. I did so many bad things. I'm sorry. I tried to do. I tried to do the right thing, but I'm weak. I'm too fucking weak. I need you to help me. Help me. I need you to help me. And that's what every single one of sounds like, isn't it? Forgive me! Forgive me, please! <laughs> yeah. That's what every single one of these motherfuckers sounds like, doesn't it? And yeah. here's the thing. What, the, what, what this whole um, gropioid epidemic has spawned is a basically a cut-and-paste mea culpa. Russell Simmons. Mm. Here's what he said. While her memory of that evening is very different from mine, it is now clear to me that her feelings of fear and intimidation are real. This is critical on this, mm-hmm. by the way. While I have never been in a violent relationship, I have been thoughtless and insensitive in some of my relationships over many decades, and I sincerely and humbly apologize. I thought the key to this was, he said, her feelings um, of fear and intimidation are real. So that's present time. Yeah. He wasn't talking about back then. She still Mm -hmm. feels that way. Here's another one. Um, And this is somebody that I have a a connection to. It's Ad-Rock. Adam Horowitz's dad, Israel Horowitz. Okay. He's a very famous playwright okay in new york um and i have met both i met adam harwood you know when we were kids we grew up together you mm-hmm. know when they started their band they were a punk band mm-hmm. at uh, cbgb they actually had the uh the girl on drums from uh, i can't remember the name of the band she was in another band but um you know so and my mom of course is involved in theater and so at one point or another i met israel harwood here you go um, meanwhile, Israel Horowitz – oh, and that's the thing. Adam Horowitz – Israel Horowitz is still alive. And Adam Horowitz came out and said, you know what? I actually believe these women. Mm-hmm. He spoke out against his father, like basically took the side of the women against his father. Okay? Israel Horowitz has expressed regret while not quite apologizing. Similarly to the many other alleged perpetrators of abuse and harassment, saying he has a – has, quote – a different memory of some of these events. I apologize with all my heart to any woman who has ever felt compromised by my actions and to my family and friends who have put their trust in me. To hear that I have caused pain is profoundly upsetting, as is the idea that I might have crossed the line with anyone who considered me a mentor. That's nice. Yeah. We're, this is the cut and paste mm-hmm. mea culpa. Okay? Yeah. That is all the rage today. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know? I got nothing. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, you know. What that's that's the thing. Well, um, well, my memory of that time is completely, you know, is is different than her memory. That's the new black. That's okay. the new black yeah. for these motherfucking hypocrites. We are a nation of hypocrites. Oh, by the way, stop calling uh, people like Matt Lauer and stuff casualties. Casualties. Yeah, that lazy. came up. They're also not the latest victim. 
victims. Right. They're, they're not, not victims. casualties and they're not fucking that's, victims. That's okay. – you know, I, I honestly believe because, yes, I, I read the thing and the outrage and everybody's changing it and apologizing. Sorry I said casualty. Yeah. But I honestly believe oh, that yeah, that you was – Oh, yeah. read that thing that I, yeah, I wrote to yeah, my friend. Yeah. Right? yeah. I honestly believe – that when they say that, because news people, there's this news right. speak. They really feel there's like a that. news speak, and they speak in cliches and buzzwords, and they're trying and they're going for ratings, and and you know, there's a news speak, the teaser language that we're that nobody talks like that. I've done whole shows about it, like nobody talks th- that way. Like my favorite one is in your grocer's freezer. When outside of a commercial, have you ever heard anybody say those words in combination? Yeah, hey, I know. In right. your grocer's freezer, nobody nobody ever says. But- it's their way of you know what right. this is. It's the non. <clears throat> It's it's the classic. This is what it is. It's the news, uh, you know that community. It's the news on air news communities. Right. It's their when, version of what the politicians would what we would call a politicians non denial denial. Right, but the, the, the word the word denial. casualty. You know exactly what they're thinking when they're trying they're to write so their upset. witty their witty kips. No, they they fell they fell. All right. Yeah, they fell. They, right. They f- have fallen from grace. They fell. There they go. That's a casualty. Hypocrisy, grande. Casualty is is means death. The casualties are yeah. the people that they right. abuse, that they harass. Right, but that that's, that's fucking, what they were thinking. That they they literally made it hard. Okay, for them to move yeah. ahead in their job. Victim, made them absolutely fear, not. Made them mm-hmm. fear. Okay, that that if they didn't do that, they, if they didn't fucking you know. Decide, oh, okay, I don't mm-hmm. mind being fucking tricked out. I don't right. mind being turned out and treated like a fucking $10 12th Avenue whore, okay? If mm-hmm. I don't do that, then my job's in jeopardy. Then my putting food on my kids' tables in jeopardy. Fuck you. Anybody who calls these Matt Lauer, the rest of these guys a casualty, go fuck yourself. They did what they did. Now it's coming out, and they're getting what they got. And just to be clear on this, every single one of these motherfuckers has an eight-figure bank account. Oh, no question. Okay, so it's not like, you know, all of a sudden we're putting their livelihood Mm, at risk because they don't need a livelihood. They have so much money that their kids, 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 kids are going to be fucking rich. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel good about that. Yeah, I I got that out of my system. I feel good, too. You ready to keep the groove going? I am ready to keep the groove going. All right, here we go. Something brand new from Bonamasso and Black Country Communion on the Groove of Don on SoFloRadio.com.
retracted my gonads with gigantic proportions. And the signing of the prohibition, you see, defecates the fluids of detention between the essence of the Euro intercourse, you see. Back, but you got pulled back. The cap is peeled back for giving me feedback. I want the loot you 
got the loop, give me the loop. I won't hesitate to fucking shoot. Night stalker, I talk street slang. Fuck that shit, I don't play no games. No remorse, my mind's on psycho. Watch me flow on the angry tempo. Load the clip, let's take the trip. You tried to flip my blade, terminated his lips. Sucker, that's why you're tossed up for trying to double cross the boss up. I move in silence in a world that contains much, much violence. Sex and drugs, hoods and thugs. FBI got my damn phone bugged. I'm gonna smoke him. Let's fuck him down. I'm gonna smoke him. Let's fuck him down. I'm gonna smoke him. Let's fuck him down. I'm gonna smoke him. 12 o'clock, me and my posse hangs out. Niggas act a fool, now bullets break out. I thought for cover, cause with bullets you can't now reason to catch the body. It's the season. Niggas still busting, cops go rushing. I'm fussing, but my cousin don't mean jack nothing. No arrest was made, there was no homicide. So the pigs and blues start to drive. In the city blues is nothing new. We go to the store to buy some brew. On the payment, I pour some L for my homies who died, my homies in jail. Skins, skins with sex to lend. Stood out y'all like a shark's fin. Uh, a cutie with a weave to her booty shakes a rump to the funk that the car system pumps. She wants to sex me up, sex me down. I smack it and I flip it and I dick her down. Check it. Now she wanna play footsie, but I want the loot and she's just pussy. From the window, I see the police. They want me to rot in the belly of the beast. You wanna cuff me, come and get me My clock is cocked and has a temper Shit, G I'm gonna smoke him Let's fuck him down 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 Trash. He didn't know, so I had to fuck him. I thought he was your man. Yo, nigga, fuck him. Police sirens, let's make a move. Criminal smooth, pimp daddy cool. Eyes on my tools, I pull on my toolie. Meet your maker, you know, good stoolie. Damn, I smell police creeping. Damn, even when Donald be sleeping. Say hello to my little friend, the Desert Eagle. Adios, amigo. Gangsta Chronicle, you read the articles. Razor to the neck, I'm wet from sweat. Vigilante serving them death blows The sinister claw rips away the jaw Decapitated by the guillotine The aftermath a bloodbath scene Beware of the looter The cynical sniper, I'm the sharp shooter I'm gonna smoke him Let's fuck him down 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 I'm gonna smoke him. Let's fuck him down. 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 
because the gastrointestinal phlebitis prostigates the crustacean of the colostomy. Oh, if that's your bag. <laughs> and further hinder it, the pyorrhea, which has me. Uh, you got me, brother. The diarrhea. Okay. Moving toward the angina or. Bajana, <laughs> depending on how much time you got. Man, you are metamusic.
check out this intergalactic, most effective, out of connection to the worldwide funk drive. Are you here? To the funk shit. So put them hands together.
Funkaliciousness from the man, Bootsy Collins. That is Worldwide Funk from his brand new CD, Worldwide Funk. Uh, just came out. Uh, I had a uh, posted a picture of uh, my brother with Bootsy at the uh, album release party. It's, it's one of those pictures. It's hilarious because Bootsy always looks like Bootsy. Mm-hmm. And Dan always looks like Dan. And I think it's safe to say they don't look alike. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know? <laughs> but uh, you definitely want to get your hands on that. That is that is that is literally funk personified for that marigold doing paradigm tsunami. That's Greg Howe's band. Greg Howe's one of those uh, you know shredders started out on the shrapnel label. I was talking about that a while ago. That came out in 2014. Um, before that, we had the uh, the mix man. We had. Uh, Curtis Mayfield doing Future Shock from Back to the World. Before that, Donald D. I'm going to smoke him from, uh, you know, went into my uh, B-Boy Breakbeat collection that was in there. And uh, before that, The Nerve from down there from Audiodacity um, that came out in 2013. That is a guy named uh, Glenn Proudfoot. He's another one of these shredding guitar players as well. He's from Australia. And kicking off the set, brand new stuff from Black Country Communion, which is uh, – Joe Bonamasso's uh, mm-hmm. band, one one of his many bands. So in that set, I had three shredders in there. That is a song called Collide, and that is from uh, BCC4. Uh, so it's their fourth uh, CD out there. And in there, a couple more clips from uh, from In Living Color. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I've got the entire series. By the way, that thank you. That's how you make the distinction. People go, I thought you were talking about the band. The band is Living Color. The band is Living Color. The TV show, Living Color, is uh, Vernon Reed's band from the Black Rock Coalition. I've seen them numerous times over there. So, the tax bill. All right. Basically, (laughs) yeah. Mitch McConnell basically scrapped uh, the art of the deal in fate of extort a palooza. Um, Senator Mikowski from Alaska wasn't going to vote for the bill. Yeah. But they put a provision in that allows oil and gas drilling in a section of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And now she's for it. What the fuck's that got to do with taxes? Let me explain this. Let me explain this to you. She's like, she's like, hey, you're doing all of this evil. I want it on want the my, evil. Yeah, right. I, I want, want it on in. the evil. Right. I, I don't feel. Everybody I don't feel in. I'm participating in the 51, evil. Give me. There were 51 people, 51 and senators they said, who basically yeah. got Mitch McConnell to fucking blow him. He yeah. Mitch McConnell yeah. basically got yeah. down on his knees and let the let the rest of the re, rest the of the Republicans. Republican so what do you want? You want circle jerk the motherfucker? Pork here. Yeah, I mean, side of pork. you know, and the way it went through, yeah. I don't know if you saw this guy, one of these uh, senators in there. He's like, I just got a four hundred fifty four page bill. All right, here's a page, and then here are the notes mm. in the sideline stuff. And it said, it looks like Republicans are suddenly okay with a bill that has to be passed in order to find out what's in it. You remember mm. they screamed and yelled yeah. and ranted yeah. and raved yeah. about yeah. that. Obama care, yeah. So, you know, I I was thinking about this and i i went back and i found something that i had written in 2011 regarding the uh occupy wall street movement i wrote most of us don't know if we benefited or been bent over by a piece of legislation until it until we actually experience the pleasure or pain a representative votes for or against some bill that come april 15th makes some of us feel like lottery winners while the others feel like the new guy in the shower on cell block d uh-huh. all right that's the way it works we yeah. don't know we don't. Re- nobody. No yeah, average citizen yes, out there really knows how it's no, going no. to affect them. 
you nobody you don't know to what extent it's going to fuck you yeah but, right, but you is, know you're gonna get fucked. it is going to fuck you right, right? you just don't know how big the, entire, the dick is yeah basically the entire thing was a charade and it's, it's yeah. motivated by next year's midterms with the republicans believing that if they don't pass something anything they'd be risking their majority mm. in congress and all you need to know about this bill is that the day uh on thursday when or thursday when it looks like it was going to pass okay the Dow Jones skyrocketed 300 points, and it skyrocketed 300 points the next day, and it's going to skyrocket 300 points today. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you that the 30 companies that are mm-hmm. that comprise the Dow yeah. Jones Industrials, yeah. okay, are looking forward they're, they're to happy. major, major cash windfall. All right, you know, so much for deficit hawks. What mm-hmm. happened to them? All right, what, what, here's you, a great uh, quote from uh, Senator Reid. Um, anyone who is voting for this bill is essentially saying, you know. I'll talk a good story about supporting national security, but when it comes down to the money, it's going to go to the wealthiest Americans, he told his fellow senators. That's it. That's the whole tax thing right there. So, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I started thinking about something, and I put together some notes, did a little research, and I have come to the conclusion that Marion Barry, the ex-mayor of Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C., was really the beta version of Trump. Now, this okay. is a guy who served three <clears throat> he had, he served four terms as mayor. He had, his first three terms of mayor, okay, were in the eighties, okay, late seventies into the early, into the eighties, okay, and then of course he got caught, you know, on tape smoking crack with hookers. Now, in his third term, okay, Barry uh, in nineteen eighty six when he was running for his third term, and by now he's a full blown fucking junkie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were yeah, signs yeah. of this shit everywhere. And he thought that he was going to have to um, run in the Democratic primary. And the Democratic primary for the mayor of D.C. is really the election. No Republican has won that ever, ever. Okay. okay? And he thought he was going to have to go up against Jesse Jackson, that people were trying to get Jesse Jackson to run against him at this point. And Barry, who knew that most of Jackson's income came from delivering speeches – Use his political clout to arbitrarily disqualify Jackson by getting a law passed that said anyone who made more than a certain amount in honoraria, okay, mm-hmm. was ineligible to run for the D.C. office. So council members jokingly called that the Jesse Jackson law, as it was legislated expressly to keep Jesse Jackson out of the mayoral race. And mm-hmm. he got it passed. Now, in his third term, Barry was openly suffering from the effects of long-standing addictions to cocaine and alcohol. He would later admit that he lost control of his drug habits soon after being sworn in for his third term. His public appearances were marked by his glassy eyes and slurred speech. His aides began scheduling all of his daily events later and later in the day as he was arriving to work as late as lunchtime and then nodding off to sleep on his desk. Now, by okay, Mm -hmm. this is the mayor of Washington, D.C. Now, by late 1989, federal officials had begun investigating Barry on suspicion of illegal drug possession abuse. And in January 18th, 1980, 1990, excuse me, Barry was arrested with a former girlfriend, Hazel Diane Rashida Moore, in a sting operation at the Vista Hotel by the FBI and D.C. police for crack cocaine use and possession. Moore was an FBI informant when she invited Barry to the hotel room and insisted that he smoke free-based cocaine before they had sex, while agents in the other room watched on camera waiting for Barry to accept the offer. During the, once he got arrested, this is one of the, my favorite mm. parts. I remember this, too. 
Barry, while he's being arrested, on videotape, he said, bitch set me up. I shouldn't have come here, goddamn bitch. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. So, now, here's this crack-smoking, whoremongering guy finishing off his third term as mayor in D.C., and he gets busted on video. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets really, really interesting. Okay? Barry mm-hmm. was charged with three felony counts of perjury, ten counts of drug possession, and one misdemeanor count of conspiracy to possess cocaine even though the cocaine belongs to the government informant. The criminal trial ended in August 1990 with a conviction for only one possession incident, which had occurred in November of 1989, and an acquittal on on another. The jury deadlocked on the remaining charges. Six of the seven jurors, of whom two were white and the rest were black, Mm -hmm. okay, believed that the evidence against Barry was overwhelming and that he had displayed arrogance during the trial. Against that, five black jurors were convinced that the prosecution had falsified evidence and testimony as part of a racist conspiracy against Barry and even disputed factual findings that had not been contested in court. After scolding the jurors for not following his instructions, presiding judge Thomas Penfield Jackson declared a mistrial on the remaining charges. Now, after his arrest and through the trial, mm-hmm. okay, Barry continued to be mayor. <clears throat> and right. he decided to get out of the race. He was, he was originally going to run again, right mm-hmm. then and there. Mm-hmm. But he decided to get out of uh, a race for his fourth term in mayor. And instead he ran as an independent mm-hmm. for an at-large seat on the city council. Okay? Barry was sentenced to six months in federal prison shortly before that November election, which he lost. The first and only electoral loss of his career. Check this out. He received 20% of the overall vote. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he did very, very well in the, with the voters of Ward 8. And that's where he started his political career. Okay? okay? He was, you know, a representative on the council. Right. That's where he goes. Okay. So now, this guy goes to prison. All mm-hmm. right? He gets out. And what's his job skill? Well, his only real job skill is a politician. Right. So what does he do? He runs. You damn skippy. Two months after he gets out, <laughs> he filed papers to run for the Ward 8 mm-hmm. city council seat in that year's election. Barry ran under the slogan, you're going to love this. He may not be perfect, but he's perfect for D.C. You go, how good is that? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Woo! Fucking nailed it. And he defeated the four-time incumbent, Wilhelmina Rolark, in the Democratic primary, winning 70% of the vote, saying that he was, quote, not interested in being mayor and went on to win the general election easily. Okay? Now, of course, what did he do after that? Well, then in 1994, he absolutely decided to run for mayor again. Yeah. Now, Barry won that race in a three-way Democratic primary contest for mayor. Barry was victorious in the general election with 56%. Now, this is the only time since the restoration of home rule that a Democratic candidate for mayor had dropped below the 60% mark uh, until some lady dropped below it in 2014. She got 54%. Now, an oft-repeated quote in the aftermath of his victory in the Democratic primary election was directed at those voters who opposed his mayoral campaign, whom he told, quote, get over it. (laughs) Okay, now, here's the thing. While all this is going on in Washington, D.C., all of the political muckety-mucks who work in the city but live in the suburbs, they're getting a front-row real-time example of how tribal allegiance can be controlled and manipulated on the micro-political level to the point where willful ignorance can be counted on by tribal leaders and then used to explain away almost anything that's negative in a way that both exonerates the leader while shifting blame to the other tribe. 
Okay. Okay. Remember those jurors? Mm-hmm. They thought it was a conspiracy. The mm-hmm. real mastery of this technique involves the tribe leader spinning a particular issue or action to members of the tribe so that it looks like the, it's the other tribe's fault and at the same time to also make the underlying reason for the attack appear to be erected at their tribe. This way the tribe leader can claim that if it weren't for him, the other tribe would have gotten away with their deception. The highest achievement of this action results in furthering the leader's ascendance to martyr status okay the living embodiment of the collective will and the of the tribe and the only true savior of that wills purity and continued strength without me you're nothing that's that whole thing now an important factor here okay this is very important is the principle of cognitive consistency okay this theory starts from the idea that we seek consistency in our beliefs and attitudes in any situation where two cognitions are inconsistent. Okay? Mm-hmm. You with me so far? Mm-hmm. And the guy who did this is a guy named uh, Leon Festinger. And he proposed the cognitive dissonance theory, which states that a powerful motive to maintain cognitive consistency can give rise to irrational and sometimes maladaptive behavior. Cognitive dissonance was first investigated by Leon Festinger. And he did it. It was arising uh, out of a participant observation study of a cult, which believed that the earth was going to be destroyed by a flood. And what happened to its members, particularly the really committed ones who had given up their homes and jobs to work for the cult when the flood did not happen? Mm-hmm. OK, now, while fringe members were more inclined to recognize that they had made fools of themselves and to put it down to experience. Committed members were more likely to reinterpret the evidence to show that they were right all along. The earth was not destroyed because of the faithfulness of the cult members. All right? Mm, Thank God for them. Okay, so now it's 1994, and you've seen how it's done. Mm. But what if you're a big thinker? How can you recreate the same kind of blind devotion that Marion Barry coerced from D.C. voters on a national level? Well, first off... You need a way to get your message out there. And then you, uh, and then w- what you want to do is consistently modify it slowly over time until it's exactly what your desired demographic wants to hear. Okay, so in 1996, what happens? Mm. Fox News was created. And the rest is a history of intentionally fomenting partisanship as a means of culling devoted patronage from the electoral herd and then consistently reinforcing their hatred of the herd by moving them further and further away okay, from it until the cold can no longer see the herd and begin to rely on the shepherd's word as their old herd, you know, that their old herd is the enemy. And your new herd is truly righteous and thus better. You do this long enough, and even if a stray wanders up the hill and looks over at the other herd in the next valley and sees what looks like a pasture with far better grazing. The shepherds prolong and incessant warnings that the grass over there is really poisonous and should ensure, okay, that uh, is really poisonous, should be enough to ensure that this particular cow comes back down to the valley he's become convinced is better, no matter how much greener and more lush the valley he just seen looks like. And that's all there is to it. If you can catalyze a devotion to faith instead of confidence, 
Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Through the construct of an adversarial relationship. The rest is easy. Trump is the modern-day macro version of Barry, an ego with a pulse that requires adulation for survival, which brings us back to the tax reform bill. You mm-hmm. like how I come full circle on this yes, one? Yes, indeed. The Joint Committee on Taxation, which is basically a nonpartisan bunch of math geeks, reported that the $1.4 trillion tax plan would generate around $400 billion worth of growth, leaving the total net cost of the plan to be a $1 trillion, completely eviscerating any notion that the plan would pay for itself, a key White House, which is a key White House talking point. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, – I heard this morning, you keep fighting and we're going to keep saying tax cuts for middle America. Just keep Mm -hmm. saying it, keep saying it. Now, in the face of such bleak numbers, rather than sending the legislation back to committee to keep working on it, Republicans have decided to brush aside the analysis. Multiple Republicans are now saying that the Joint Committee on Taxation's findings can't be trusted Mm, because the report underestimates the economic growth lawmakers are, are, wait for it, Confident, mm-hmm. confident will result from tax reform. Mm. McConnell, tax bill won't add to nation's debt woes. I haven't quote. I haven't run into anybody during this whole tax discussion who's very successful who thinks they're benefiting from it. This uh-huh. is a perfect yeah. example of faith intentionally being mischaracterized and then pitched as confidence. Who are you going to believe, me? Or your lying eyes. Right. That's yeah, how they that's did it. it. That's they looked the them because they were all sitting there and they watched Marion Barry mm-hmm. get reelected. Why? Because he had instilled an us and them mentality in mm-hmm. his core constituency. And he drilled it over and over again. They're bad, we're good. And in his case, surprisingly enough, he was actually right. But they saw how that could overcome anything, anything, anything. Mm-hmm. Okay? That is negative. Okay, on their side. And the key is to make it seem like the other guys are out to get us. We're the real, true, red blooded, hard working, mm-hmm. law abiding, you know, God fearing, real Americans. And mm-hmm. those people want to take your money. They're the big government people. They want to take everything away. And this is how you do it. This is the methodology. And that's mm-hmm. where they learned it from. They took one because they were sitting there, right yeah. there, watching it happen. And yeah. you know, right now, okay, Fox News came up two years after that, okay, they literally saw how Marion Barry, mm-hmm. okay, convinced people to ignore the fact that he was a crack-smoking, whoremongering mm-hmm. guy. Right. He broke the law, I, in, in addition yes. to which he ripped off the, the city government itself. And they, he had convinced his people, his people, his people, that's mm-hmm. the key, that's, his people, right. his people, okay, to absolutely ignore it. And the Republicans have been doing that ever since it is about constructing an adversarial relationship and then from that, you know, developing that and then constructing a dynamic and an ideology and a narrative, okay, that makes you, whatever they say, you, you now have the ability to rearrange it, okay, so that cognitive dissonance takes place. This is how it's done. How'd I do? I, I think I, I I agree with you. I think that that you're right. Um, I, I would like to add an addendum. Actually, okay, I would like to. Please, I would I'm, like to. I, I'm going to. I'm going to channel uh, the Marion Barry because I feel that, uh, that 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 he should give his uh, his his view, Hold his on. take on this. Uh, 
I'm not going to do an embarrass- I'm not going to do an impersonation. Oh, okay. I think that that would be very impolite. In my younger days, I might I might have. I don't uh, even we, know. I, I remember this case very well. We we loved we it. Loved on the, it. it. We loved it on the talk show. Place. We had comedy bits. We have hysterical comedy bits about it. Uh, we have we had a comedy bit called Marion Barry Entrapments, where Marion Barry does the commercial for his favorite brand of mints, Entrapments. Oh yeah, Ding. you know what he said you know? when when the guy from uh, Toronto. Now, mm-hmm. Muslim people were making an analogy. Goes, right. oh, there's no, there's no similarity there because he wasn't entrapped. Yeah, yeah, right. But the, the, and the, the, there's a joke. He goes, entrapments. He goes, it's the mint with a hole. And you hear a voice in the background go, you caught me, Marion. Shut up, Rashida. I said hole. <laughs> it's the best line in the bit. That's one of those but, great lines. Are you a Chicago hole? Yeah. No, here's, I'm just a regular here's, hole. Here's what I will say in defense. Oh, no, are you a in defense. No, I'm a Chicago hole. In defense of Marion <laughs> Barry and to make a little bit of a distinction because I'm a big fan of cognitive dissonance. And they're certainly doing it now yeah. and using it now. Yeah. However – both the jurors and the people that continue to vote for and support support Marion Barry, all right? And it is us against them. No question about that. Yes. But Marion Barry, all right, unlike someone who, who won their hearts by standing on a soapbox and saying bigoted shit. Oh, no, before, he won their hearts by standing be, up for their interests. Before he became a whoremongering, drug-addicted, ripping-off-the-city guy. Right. Before that, he made his bones, and he built a reputation After with, with his constituency. He was actually he were, shot. Right. While he was on the council, so they're confident. That's like really that brings you that brings you his his voters, his voters, and those jurors. His confidence and their love of him is based on precedent. Point number one. Point number two. He was busted in a sting operation, which a lot of people, and I'm one of those people. Ain't down with the sting. I'm not down. You know, they, and and so here's here's the juror, and we had people on the show. Yeah, the well, colors go. Hand, he could have easily said, "Yo, you want? You, I'm not listen, gonna we had, if I have to smoke. We crack. had. I'm not into that. We had one caller after another. That's all he had to say. By the way, we had just one. So we're clear on this. We had one caller. Walked sure. out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I Let's know. just be. You know, you say it's a sting operation, mm, but, but all he had to do was say, "Yo, you mean to tell me that if I don't smoke crack, I can't get down with you? Yeah. Fuck you, I'm leaving. Okay, right? I'm not doing that. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not smoking crack." One caller after he another. He could that. he could have said that. Could have done that. But that's not here's why that's not relevant. Yeah, because they uh, took advantage of no, that he's a junkie? No. Be, one caller after another. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. He's the you know, Neil would say he the hooker, the drugs and everything, and one caller after another, defending Marion Barry, I don't care. They weren't denying that he did it. They weren't right. doing cognitive. They weren't saying they were that they don't. To stand up for them they were, again. I don't care. That's nothing compared to what he has done. I'm willing to forgive him. I'm hoping that he cleans it up. And that's great. I don't, but that's not. But in this particular, so that's the different. Point than I'm de- they're not. Make, they weren't in denial that he did it. Right, they just the did key, not care. The they key, didn't care. The key here is that what Republicans realize is that it can be done. It, it can. doesn't matter. If oh. They, You're right on. And that's the other thing. You're right on. Republicans that, have always taken a look. The why? The, the conservatives in right. this country have always seen Republicans as standing up for them. Right. So they've seen that for years. So right. now they don't care. They don't care. They don't the care. Why, the why might like be different. Concerns. The why might be different, but the, but it's but the same the end result. Uh, this is yeah. it. Now you, this is yeah. – that was yeah. it. This yeah. was the seed mm-hmm. that you know there was some guy voters, in D.C. Voters don't thought care. about, you know, some fucking mucky muck, some guy on K Street mm-hmm. said, you know, we can do this. They're already on our side. All we have to do is is make them more and more partisan. We have to find a way to do that. Welcome to Fox TV. Yep. Welcome to Fox TV. That's why that opening thing from Videodrome, mm-hmm. as I said before, yeah. you know that that 
was the litmus. That was literally. That's that's you know, the fucking that's the boilerplate for it. Man. Video video that's drum it. and also and the and the it you know, works on anybody. The movie but network. Why would you watch it? Why? Why would you watch it? Well, because you like it. Because you like that. You like violence and murder and torture. Mm-hmm. Well, this is violence and murder and torture against your rights, against you as a human being, and yet you enjoy it. Yep. That's yep. it. That's it. So I think I made a case there. Now, yesterday I talked to him on the phone, and I'm watching fucking Fareed Zakaria, and he basically said relatively yeah, the same the, thing. I'm like, you motherfucker. You mother. He referenced Marion Barry. Also? No, he did not. Oh, okay, well there he you go. He was just talking about the, the the willful ignorance, the cognitive dissonance, yeah, part of it That's about obvious. how they're they, you know Republican voters just don't seem to care. Yeah, it's I, abortion. I'll, I'll say this in defense of Marion: he didn't do it with bigotry. Oh no, he did not do it with bigotry. But that's yeah. the thing. They they know what they're they, they speak they figured out over time. But that's that was their over tool. time. They have figured out how to isolate a particular demographic, and that's the thing. You know, the Connecticut Compromise in our Constitution, mm-hmm. okay, which basically was put in there to enable smaller states or states with less of, of smaller populations to have a branch of the government that enabled them to be on equal footing with more populated states. That's how we wound mm-hmm. up with two senators per state and then uh, representatives being apportioned based on population. So you've got the Senate, mm-hmm. okay? Where that's how come he won, you know, you can win the, uh, you know, the college electorate and lose the popular vote. That's how shit like that happens. That's how all this stuff happens. The Connecticut Compromise fucking, it's like the fucking Newman, you know, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of our, of our constitution. Mm-hmm. Connecticut Compromise. Newman. <laughs> you know, it just screws us over and over again. I talked about this with the whole pot thing, mm-hmm. you know. It was like all these people live, you know, I thought about it. It was like 54 senators speak on behalf of 26% of the population and can fuck everything up for the other 74% of it. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yep. Connecticut Compromise fucks us again. Damn it. All right. Well, you know, uh, I was talking about a while ago, enough about that. I was talking about a while ago, but, you know, as we get older, a lot of our musical heroes, you know, because when we were kids... Our musical heroes were probably about 10 years older than us. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And now they're basically dying off. We had uh, David Cassidy's gone, Mel Tillis, Jim Neighbors. But the mm-hmm. one that I'm focusing on, of course, is Malcolm Young of ACDC. Yes, yes. Now, Malcolm wrote all of those. He was a songwriter. He wrote all those bang your head, straight up rock riffs. All right. And original sound that they, they had. They are. We wouldn't have listened I to that. Never, I was never a huge ACDC fan. But I'll tell you something. Uh, I've they, never said... I've never just said, oh, I don't want to listen to that. Good songs. I've never turned they off. Had good I've never songs. heard an ACDC right. song yeah. and thought, no, I'll go find something better. Never. They ever, wrote, ever, ever. They wrote a lot okay. of good songs. That is rock and roll. So yeah. you know what? They have earned it, baby. ACDC on both ends of this set. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
backstabbing. We don't need no backstabbing. Gotta tame the stuff. Take care of all of my, my good stuff. Woo! You know I'm grown. I got a bag of my own. Woo! On my good wood, I don't back up. Take my tea. this country has ever seen. That's right. Yep, they can set up a business anywhere. You check out any stoplight in any major city. See how many young, hard-working black men jump on your car and clean the windshield. Without Windex. 
They just use a dirty rag and spit. Now, I think that's something special. Now, you can also be proud of your leaders in this country. White politicians can't balance a budget, the economy, or the deficit. But that Marion Barry boy, he balanced women, drugs, FBI sting operations, and still found time to run the nation's capital. Come on! That's just good old American stick to it. And when 
If that if you don't think that's rock and roll, then I don't know what to tell you. You know. Also, it was very well produced. It was. It it's was good. nicely mixed. It it's had good great, balance. Man. That's uh, yeah. let me put my love into you from Back in Black. You know, Back in Black and Highway to Hell. Those yeah. two, those, those two albums were like yep. they they were you know one right after another. Mm-hmm. That's one of those back to back albums in mm-hmm. rock and roll. That's you know in the top they ten were all the, time on the floor of every car I was in in those days. They it were, was just were, there. It was in the box. You know, crying shame, baby, crying shame. But you mm-hmm. know that's the thing. Our, our you know we're getting older. Yeah, you know, whatever. Not so Keith Richards ain't you know, Keith Richards will never die. What's the old line? I wanted to use drugs, but. It, Keith Richards used them all, so I'm going to have to wait till he dies, and I'm going to smoke his ashes. That's a Dennis Leary line. Before that, Average White Band, the jugglers from their very first album, Show Your Hand, came out in 1973. I saw the Average White Band, saw them twice, like one year after another. The first time I saw them was at Avery Fisher Hall, and then a year after that, I saw them at this little club on 72nd Street called Tracks. It was downstairs. I, that was weird. Before that, a little more from uh, In Living Color. Well, mm-hmm. Marion Barry reference in that one, so I had to stick that in there. That was the uh, Ross Perot impersonation right there. For that, yeah, James Brown. I got a bag of my own from Get On the Good Foot. Came out in 1972. Just so we're clear on this, that was his 39th studio album at that wow. point, 1972. The Busy Man. Yes, Get On the Good Foot. For that, Harry Nilsson jumped into the fire from Nilsson Schmilson, 1971. That song actually, you know, it's in uh, Goodfellas. But now I just I'm watching TV the other day. There's a commercial I saw, and it's got that track in there. So you know, I guess that's getting some playing, kicking off the set. Yeah, ACDC, Girls Got Rhythm from Highway to Hell from 1979. So it was so it was Highway to Hell, and then right after that, Back in Black, 79.80. and that was one year. And then they they put out like an album a year for a while. You gotta mm-hmm. love that shit, man. Mm-hmm. They weren't taking long breaks. So time for me to take care of the people. Who take care of me? You know I'm talking about Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida, 954-247-9362, bumper to bumper. Dave and the entire ASE certified crew ready no matter what make and model you have. And uh, let me see. There's a new member of the ASE certified club over there. I have a big shout out to Ashley who has been apprenticing for Dave Mm -hmm. for a while now. And she just became... Fully certified ASE automobile technician. And, uh, you know, I've been over there, and she, she's a great gal and everything. I actually ran into her at, like, the supermarket or something. I didn't even know she was mm-hmm. close to me. Honestly, chicks who know how to fix cars, you know, or for that matter, anything mechanical, you know? I yeah. Don't know. I just – it probably has something there. to do with the fact that, I you know, I have absolutely no skills whatsoever in the fixing things that require tools department, you know? Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know – the first thing I thought of when uh, I heard about this was, um, you know, when when I, you know, Dave posted it that Ashley had gotten certified, and uh, I was thinking of, I had told my brother a long time ago, right after uh, Frank Zappa died, there was a benefit concert, and Dweezil Zappa mm-hmm. was playing guitar, and mm-hmm. I called up my brother because my brother had been working, uh, he did all the orchestration with Lisa Loeb. And Lisa Loeb had been dating Dweezil Zappa. And so my brother actually got to do a little work on the Zappa estate. And I called him up and I said, you know, I had no idea that Dweezil Zappa was such a good guitar player. He really, really is. And uh, and Dan goes, what do you expect when you've got Frank Zappa and Steve Vai teaching you? 
You know? Good. There you go. And that's the same thing here. When you've got Dave Carey under the hood with you, you're going to learn how to fix cars the right way. Okay? Honestly, i got to tell you, it's worth going over there just to see what he's got in there. Because he can do any maker model, but people come to him for these exotic cars, these old cars. And he he's the guy they bring it to. It's incredible. Every time I go over there, he's got something in there that's worth more than a house. Every Great. Time, every time he's got something that's worth more than a house. It is very easy to get to. Right off of 95, you go to Andrews, go west. Or you go west on uh, what is it? Atlantic mm-hmm. to Andrews, make the make the left on Andrews, right on third, and you're right there. You know, minute off of there. Mention the Groovathon. There is a discount, of course. You can go to the SoFloRadio.com website. Click on the box that says Tony C. SoFlo Groovathon. You're going to see my page in there. Every show I've ever done is listed there. There's a link for mm-hmm. every show. You can download it or listen to it. For free. Yeah. Above each link is a list of songs played on that show. At the very top, there's a description of the show, and you'll see a link for Precision Auto Works. Click on the link. takes you to their page. Find you. Get you everything you want to know. Precision Auto Works. Pompano Beach, Florida, 954-247-9362. It is absolutely the place where people who love their cars take what? their cars. <laughs> like a hang time. Yet. Hang yep, time. Yep, just dangling. You know what that means? Time for the drive group. You ready to pop the clutch, pal? I'm ready. All right. We're going to kick it <laughs> off with John Mayles, Blues Breakers, on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
figured Jeff just couldn't buy a good night So quiet I've been a working man A man in all my life I could work A long smile to hand to you Yeah, I bring a little tavern Trying to build this world
friend like me. Picking right there, man. Luca Olivieri, John Jorgensen, and Tommy Emmanuel. That is uh, one of those great songs, Working Man Blues. I have, I don't know how many versions of that I have. At least four that I can think of right off the top of my head. That's a uh, live version. Those guys uh, on stage live at the uh, Sove Festival back in 2012. Before that, I played, uh, I believe on the last show, I played 10 years. So this week I played 10 years after, yeah. Baby, won't you let me rock and roll you from A Space in Time from 1971. For that, a guy named Julian Lage, whom I'd never heard of. The song's called Roger the Dodger, and that is live from the Layman Drug Company. Um, this guy, you know, I stumbled across this song, and the reason it stood out to me is because this is about as close to a sound like John Schofield that I've ever heard from any other guitar player, all right? I can't imagine that this guy is unfamiliar with – he sounds so much like him, he has to be a fan. So I thought that was, you know, a little neat stuff. Before that, yeah, I said it, I promised it, and I delivered it. The absolute most far-out psychedelic version of Jimi Hendrix's song, Crosstown Traffic. The band is the Chico Magnetic Band. They are from uh, Lyon, France, and that came out in 19 19- 71. That is just wild, as far as I can tell. It's actually longer. I actually had to edit it, because the end of it goes off into, seriously, like, never, never land. It goes way off into someplace else, and kicking off the set. Yeah, John Mayall's Blues Breakers. song is called Curly from A Hard Road, which came out in 67. That song was actually written by uh, Peter Green. We were talking about uh, bands and stuff like that before. Peter Green, of course, from Mm -hmm. uh, Fleetwood Mac. Um, he actually wrote the song. It's got Ainsley Dunbar on drums. And, you know, I originally, uh, for the show today, I had uh, something uh, in the lineup from uh, Ainsley Dunbar's band. It's called Ainsley Dunbar's Retaliation. So I was going to do a whole thing about the connection there, but then I decided, you know, one was good enough. So there you go, baby. Not 78 in the books. Now, I've already been in touch uh, with a few folks that I know about getting new tunes from old friends. Oh, okay, great. you know, because I got my fingers crossed because the next show is going to be on Wednesday, December the 27th, and it is our annual year end nothing but groove and gratitude show. Oh, right. You know, now it's great about putting this show together. I, I, it's funny. I saw, you know, I started to put the file together and stuff. And what occurs to me is that 
I don't have to do much research. There's okay. no research involved. Because first of all, half the music on there is from people I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay? People I've known, you know, Ron Sunshine's going to get some play. Eric Altman's going to get some play. One of Alan Portnoy's bands, you know, Fuzzstones, has a source, whatever. They're going to get some play. I've known these guys for fucking ever, man. Just played Gene Pritzker. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Gene Pritzker and Sean Satin are going to get together. Sean did a Christmas tune for us two years ago. And then last year he had something on his plate, so he couldn't put one together. But I've already spoken to them. And I said, I need something for an end-of-year show from you two. And these are the guys, you know, Manhattan School of Music, and they're fucking Gene, and, and Gene's a genius. That's, mm-hmm. that's, he plays everything, guitar, piano, all this stuff. Sean is just a guitar teacher, guitar master. He does. He actually does a thing up in uh, Maine, like this music camp, and he's the guitar guy from mm. up there. You know, so he loves that. He goes. Up, he sends pictures every year. You know, the minute he gets up there, it's an onslaught of pictures of lobster. Him eating lobster. This is me eating lobster. This is me eating lobster and beer. This is me having a beer with some lobster on the side. Okay, two, three, four weeks of that, day after day after day. Nothing but lobster from these guys. So I'm hoping, hoping that they're going to be able to get their act together and uh, put a little something, something together for me. So I'm psyched. And here's the thing. I just got in touch with a friend of mine. You know, we'll see how it goes. Okay. But it's possible, possible Mm -hmm. that this show coming up is going to be the first show ever with a guest. Oh, oh, it is possible. And if I can get this guy because he's going to be in town. Friend, very good friend of mine from New York. And this guy, if you think I know about music, and you know about music, he knows music. He literally, he's like, he's Google. He's like, he's my version of Google when I don't know something about music. He's Google Excellent. to me. All right? So, Roger, get your act together. Straighten up. Okay? Get your ass down here and cordon off. The afternoon of Wednesday, December the 27th, because he, he told me he was going to be here then. Mm-hmm. So I said, perfect. This is the time, and it grew nothing but groove and gratitude. You know we're going to have nothing but groove and gratitude. And, you know, even after the year we've had, even after the year we've had, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I don't find it hard to summon up gratitude. None whatsoever. I, I to quick story. You know what? I'm going to save that for the next show. i got to write this down. The gratitude thing. Let me get this pen. And anyway, there you go. We're going to get out of here. Okay. 78's in the books, baby. Going to get you out of here with a little uh, timely music from the Beatles, as always. For myself and Los Georges, it is peace and aloha. Good night, Mom. One, two, three, four. <laughs> One, two. Let me tell you how it will be. One for you, nineteen for me. Cause I'm the tax man.
from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com.